You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome all to a very sad episode of The Amazing Race Canada, Heroes Edition. As we gather here today to bid farewell to uh, the dearly departed Martina and Phil. How are we going to get through this episode, guys? Oh, I wish that everybody listening could have heard our discussion just before we started this because it was basically small talk as we all sounded incredibly sad and didn't want to start the episode. I've never felt this kind of sadness on the Oz Network before, at least not since Ben made me talk about Titanic for five hours. It's it's just depressing. It's more depressing than watching Titanic for five hours. Um, we're so sad. that We wish we could have been here uh, talking about Martina and Phil one last time next week, which I'm sure we're going to do. Uh, but... Just for one more night, let's say we're here to discuss episode 10 of the Martina and Phil show, um, Heroes Edition. My name is Colin, and... (laughs) (laughs) My name is Jared, and um, I am one with the helicopter. I am the helicopter. And I'm Rossi, and... I was going to try to do one of the things. I, was, I wish I had written it down, but it's impossible. And I apologize to everyone in Canada for that. I mean, half people in Canada, the majority of people in Canada, aren't going to notice you did anything wrong there. Uh, this was, uh, I guess, the, the well, it's the penultimate episode, obviously, but this was the big one we were talking about all season. For the first time, Amazing Race Canada is going to New Brunswick. This is the last province slash territory. The last time they go there, too, I bet. Yeah, well, look what happened. This is what the producers yeah. going to be. You know what happened the last time we went to Fredericton? Careful. We lost Martina and Phil. That's what happened. Never going back. No. Um, this is just left a sour taste in my mouth. You know what? New Brunswick, you can get out of my country. Look who you did. You and your helicopters and and basketball and wheelchairs all those terrible things that ruin this show for us are we gonna be able to come back next week i don't know uh let's get some general opinions on the episode though uh putting our sad feelings beside us uh jared what did you think of this episode are you still too devastated to really comprehend your thoughts um i mean it's really hard to kind of put emotions out of it (laughs) um I like. I thought it was decent. Um, I think the face-off was um, too late in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the challenges were um, yeah okay. <laughs> this really is a downer of an episode, Rossi. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, I know you're going to cry at some point before this is over. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> this is going to be a circle of crying here, Ro- Rossi. Did you like anything about this episode? Um, take in mind that, like, I didn't like the outcome of the race, but, like, keep that in mind as I say this, but the challenges were shit, the race was shit, the face-off was shit, like, nothing in this leg was actually good. Like, I don't think I liked one challenge this this episode. Uh, I'm going to partially disagree. I think that some of these challenges were great in that I, I'm, I'm glad that they brought a challenge to the race, which is what I'm, like, season after season saying, I want challenges that are challenging. 
uh, like the the final challenge is a perfect example. Not great to watch, but it really stumped a lot of people, and I think that makes for a good race. Uh, but I do think there were some great moments, especially in the helicopter challenge. I'm excited to talk about that one. Uh, mostly again for Martin and Phil, but still, I think there was some good. I think Rossi's really just so crushed that he's uh, being a little bit too harsh on this episode. We'll see. Maybe we'll sell you on it by the end of the episode. But anyways, this was the um, six-season wait to go to New Brunswick, and now we know what New Brunswick is all about. It's about <laughs> uh, military and wheelchair basketball. Uh, I don't think that the location... Like, I, I kind of joke with Prince Edward Island last week, well, what is there in Prince Edward Island, you know, when, when zombie paintball is one of the things. But I think at least we really got a lot out of the location. Uh, I say last week because that was the last week episode I was on. Because I was so devastated by Melissa and Nancy leaving last week, <laughs> Karen, Nancy, that uh, I couldn't bring myself to be on it. But um, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like we got a lot of location. Like, I know a little bit about New Brunswick. Neither of you do. Do you feel like New Brunswick stands out as a location after seeing this? Like, did you see anything that seemed extraordinary? No. Buildings and military bases. Rossi? Yeah, this was a love letter to Canada's armed forces or Canada's fighting anyone who has any sort of emergency duty, like helicopters rushing to hospitals or whatever. It was just weird. Like, is that all that it is? For New Brunswick? Apparently. I don't know. Uh, I've never been there myself. But I don't know. I I think when we we went to like the PI episode is a perfect example. And I wasn't originally crazy about that. The more we talked about it, I'm like, there's a lot here. There's that cart the mouse. There's, you know, potatoes. (laughs) There's so much going on. There's zombies. You don't get zombies in New Brunswick. Uh, So much culture. (laughs) (laughs) All the things you could see in the Maritimes. Uh, but anyways, I just wasn't crazy about what we saw in the location, especially since they've never been here before. I thought maybe we could have come up with some things, but it was challenging. Uh, let's just go through some of the things here. So first off, we start with the detour, fit or fly. And fit is basically grueling exercise. Like, again, mill- no, we had, we had the, the armed guards lookout challenge. Oh, the changing of the guard, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, don't forget the part of the episode that was actually good and had <laughs> the teams finish in the correct order. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. This is another thing I liked where it didn't show a lot in the episode as far as, uh, like, entertainment. It was just watching people marching and then people staring at feet for, you know, 20 minutes. But at least it was something that really stumped the teams. And the fact that... Uh, I think Phil was the first one to go through this. And when he noticed, he took one extra step. I'm like, nobody else is going to get this. Martin and Phil are going to be first place. And then, of course, everybody got it. So I don't know. Maybe it was easier. Maybe there was something else in their clue that, that tipped them off. But probably not the most entertaining thing to watch. I don't know. Uh, anybody want to comment on this one before we move on to the detour? Yeah, I disagree that it was um, too easy. I think that's probably my problem with this episode with a lot of the challenges. Um, I think some of them, I think like the military challenge um, was difficult and obviously like Martina and Phil end up struggling on the helicopter one, but like for the other teams, like the challenges just seemed fairly straightforward and it's almost like they needed to add like an extra element. Like maybe they anticipated that teams wouldn't get this um, extra step thing, but when the teams are like writing notes and talking about it and like, 
look which way their heads are like turning. Is it left or right? Like maybe they need to more of like a subtle um, difference for them to pick up. But I did appreciate the fact that Phil and Martina got ahead by taking a taxi between the places in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that was fun to watch. Rossi changing the guard. This was the best challenge. Seriously? Because I felt like it was... uh, I Yeah. Because it was something that was actually, like, there was a challenge to it. It wasn't just, like, you know, you face I oh, obvious, done, I get it, get out of there. It was a challenge. People were struggling. Eventually, they all got it. It wasn't, like, you know, teams didn't hear the other person say it, which usually sometimes happens in these things. So I thought that it was good. And unlike some of the other challenges, where it was over hard, it was, like, way too hard, and it was just... Fail, fail, fail. It was just, it just sucked all the life out of it for me. Like, I want challenge, but I don't want it to s- s- 20 minutes of the episode. So I just like this. It was quick, easy. It was fun. It was different. I, I thought it was the weirdest challenge I've ever seen on the show, but it, it was fine. But I mean, I mean, Jared kind of set it up, you know, that there wasn't a lot of mix up with the teams here and everybody got it so easily. I would much rather, we're going to get into a big debate here, but I would much rather have a challenge where people are failing over and over and over again because then you know how hard it is and it makes it that much more glorious when somebody passes it than a bunch of teams where you're like, well, like when Phil went through it, I'm like, I actually wrote in my notes, Phil is Superman. He really is. Uh, but then everybody else gets it without you know even putting any effort into it. I don't know, Jared, uh, weigh in on this debate here. No, I think I agree with you. I'm more on your side. I think uh, Amazing Race kind of tends towards challenges that are um, too easy. Mm-hmm. So I am always happy when we're getting a challenge where people are failing multiple times, when the judges aren't kind of changing their criteria and just giving it to people because they've, like, messed up multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the way it's edited, it can get tedious, Um but I think if it's done right, then, like, it's fine. I don't need to see every attempt. You can skip from first attempt and then, like, put a caption on the screen that's telling me it's the 22nd attempt or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of miss those moments where people are breaking down, they've done something over and over and over again, and they just can't get it. I don't think we get enough of that. Which I'd be interested to know how many attempts, you know, Martina had in the last challenge because they basically edited all around that. We didn't really get to see her struggle in the beginning and then we didn't really get to see her finish it either uh but as rossi pointed out i mean this whole episode is full of such incredibly grueling challenges that i mean it it probably i can to a certain degree i understand what ross is saying it it is a little bit more draining to watch this week's episode than to to watch some of the more fun ones like the like the telenovela challenge or uh, like where are the potatoes <laughs> things where we had a lot more humor maybe because Martina and Phil are uh, the happy-go-lucky team I mean they are the the hero team on this race they're the one that everybody roots for they're you know y- the epitome of like a feel-good team and they were just struggling so much I mean I think that's that's what's affecting Rossi's attitude here as well as all of us but especially well, Rossi I think, I think- like one of the reasons that I was so I'm so against some of these challenges is that all that it was was super physical, with the exception of the painting at the end. Like everything just seems super demanding. Like this super intense. Like simulator helicopters, physically demanding. Like it wasn't demanding. Staring at people's so... shoes as they march is physically demanding. It's half the episode right there. Can I talk? No, because you're wrong. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're will, 50% right. I will start chewing and wake your baby up again, Colin. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Um, I just think that it was just getting so hard to watch because it was all the, like, a super hard military challenge, a super draining, like, basketball game, and then you have the the simulator, which wasn't physically demanding, but it was so much... Like, you could see how hard it was for the teams, or at least Martina and Phil, to figure it out. It wasn't, like, a boom thing. So it was just kind of draining to watch the whole episode. Mm-hmm. And it was all, like, I felt like the most of the season has been, like, balancing, you know, smarts and strengths. It's not been, like, super all these tough challenges. And then they all piled challenges like this at the end. It just seemed so out of place. Well. Again, though, the, the smarts was on the first and the last challenge in this episode. It was just the, the physical ones were kind of in the middle here. I mean, really, two physical challenges. But anyways, let's let's cover some of those challenges. So uh, the military exercise, which really, I mean, two teams picked, but only one was able to finish. And then the flight simulator, which I, I don't know. I, I can understand just talking a little bit about Adam and Courtney, their decision to quit. Which, by the way, some great character moments in here uh, when Courtney was talking about, you know, I lift page. They're like, we, we, we joke about Adam and his, uh, you know, as a firefighter, I feel that I'm up to this challenge. But, like, Courtney is like, you know, I do lots of lifting. I lift patients at work, like drunk patients or unconscious patients or dead patients. Uh, but she's like, I'm not nearly as physically fit as Adam. And look at him right now. And then all you have Adam doing is, the thing that hurts the most is my bladder. I really got to pee. <laughs> This team's just, they've come so far, and I love them so much now. Uh, But they were the only ones that I think even came, would have even come close. I mean, Taylor and Courtney, yes, they're in the military as well, but I don't know if Taylor and Courtney would have, putting it simply, if if Dylan and Kwame struggled with this, and they're professional football players, I don't know if even Taylor and Courtney could have gotten through this one. This one may have been the one challenge that was so hard, but that's why I like the setup where... You have the limited stations, which I always love. Those you you can only have so many teams on this detour, or, or so many on this one. And I think that's what made this interesting. It would have made it more interesting if we had two more teams. I think if we had six teams instead of two, because in this case, really only one team had to switch. And I don't know if they would have cared either way. Uh, they kind of wanted to go for the physical one in the first place. Uh, but before we go through uh, everything else that happened with the helicopter one, let's talk quickly about Adam and Courtney and their decision to switch. Uh, and uh, anything, I guess, related to this physical challenge. Because we also got a great Kwame backstory here, you know, with him growing up on the uh, the naval base. And we get Kwame totally in his coach mode here. Uh, he's giving motivational speeches the entire thing. Uh, he's like, sometimes you got to pick up a shovel and work. And he's like really getting into it. Again, Dylan and Kwame come so far, such a great team. Uh, we're going to pump up everybody else because you know Martina and Phil are gone now. Sorry for the spoiler. But, uh, Jared, uh, anything you want to talk about for the, uh, the the military lifting challenge? Uh, I really liked it. I liked that it was physically difficult, but it wasn't – like, that wasn't a sole element to it. I think having the boards was great because if this was just, like, a physical challenge, then, yeah, like, Dylan and Kwame kind of would fly through it and everybody else um, would struggle. But having that element of, like, you have to do this right, you really have to pay attention to the details of how many, like, reps of, of this exercise you're doing. Um, and the fact that um, the instructors were kind of calling the mistakes straight away too, mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know. I just thought I just thought this was really good because yes, it was tough, and like maybe the other teams couldn't have done it. I think Adam and Courtney. I think potentially she could have done it. I know she struggled with the last bit, but that was all that she needed. So I think potentially if she'd known kind of in the first place, um, got a bit of momentum going, maybe she could have done that. Um, but yeah, I just liked the fact that it wasn't purely physical. Um, it did have that element to it to balance it out so that a team wouldn't just completely crush it, which kind of you felt like might be the case, but it didn't turn out that way. Rossi, say something good here, <laughs> please. Um, I really loved uh, Dylan and Kwame in the challenge. I loved uh, Kwame, like, yelling at Dylan, like, you better move. Yeah. Just come on. Keep going. Like, I loved that. That was just so fun, fun to watch. Like, they're such a great pairing. And honestly, probably the, the team I'm rooting for most just because I love them so much. Um, but they were good. And I think that I didn't like the challenge. I just thought it was so over overly physical and over like there is a mental part to it but it was just too, it seemed like way too much because when they announced it i was like i know which challenge i would not be going to mm-hmm. like i could not even imagine going through any of that like once let alone failing and having to do it twice so i would have steered clear and i don't blame courtney and adam for leaving they were they were exhausted like get out of there like i i was even shocked that taylor and courtney even for the slightest second, even thought about staying mm-hmm. and waiting for the other teams. Cause I would have like, if I was there, I would have left. I mean, I would in the gone there in the first place <laughs> challenge, but like I would have pieced out as soon as I could, just cause you never, you don't know how long it could take you. Like it's one of the things you're better off trying it, especially if it's not too far away. Like it didn't seem like these two places were that far away from one another. Um, I, I have a hilarious moment here that I don't know if most people saw the humor and you know, kind of along the lines with uh, uh, Martina and her rape whistle who we mentioned <laughs> hailing the cab where it's like hey if you really think about that but this one's a little bit different because Adam was already talking about how oh the thing that hurts the most is my bladder when they're leaving and they're in their cab uh, I think Courtney asks him something it's like oh okay where are we supposed to go and he goes oh the clue it's in my pants I'll be right back and then he runs off holding his bladder <laughs> now he's wearing his pants at this time so he's like oh sorry i gotta go get them in there in my pants like i just want to wait a couple of seconds until that scene was over and have her go you're wearing your pants what are you doing i gotta pee i gotta pee because that's basically what he, he came up with an excuse because he had to go pee so bad at least that's the way i saw that scene unless there was something i missed did he have a second pair of pants he left behind did they have to change pants when they're running the challenge i don't know uh, but uh, I just thought that was hilarious. Even if it wasn't the way it was intended, that's kind of the way it came across. Like, I gotta go! <laughs> He's holding himself, I really gotta go. Uh, the helicopter one, I thought this one was fun to watch just because the crashes are epic in this. And especially with Martina and Phil. Like, just starting out with, with, with the uh, Martina where it's like, oh, you're doing great, you're doing great, and you're th- seeing this thing, like, spinning endlessly, <laughs> like it's in a tailspin. Uh, my favorite moment was uh, where they were landing, and then Martina was saying, like, we got this, we got this, we got this. And all of a sudden, wait, what's happening? And you just see everything spinning upside down. And you realize their helicopter has fallen off the building. <laughs> and it's crashing down to the street. Like, we got this. So good. Um, I don't know if there were as many great moments with uh, Adam and Courtney or uh, Taylor and Courtney in this one. But especially with those epic crashes and the, the rolling off the building. And then... Phil throwing up. I mean, it wouldn't be a season of the Amazing Race if somebody didn't throw up. 
and Phil, you're our guy this season. <laughs> and I kind of laughed when they got in this flight simulator and said, uh, oh, we have you know, bags in case you get a little bit airsick. And I'm like, well, it's a video game, right? But like, he looked so sick. And I mean, he, he would not stop gagging and throwing up. And even when they're in the cab afterwards, after they finish this, like they're doing the interviews and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, please don't hit that bump, sir. Okay, go a little slower. <laughs> it was just brutal to watch, but I loved it because it just gives them so much character. And Phil, the guy who has been Superman on this race, it's like, we finally found his kryptonite. He gets airsick. Uh, Jared, talk up this challenge a little bit. Yeah, I thought this was one of the better uh, elements of the episode. Uh, I agree with you. I loved Martinez kind of disbelief uh and like seriously questioning what they've done wrong when it's like you've come to land on this building at like 100 kilometers an hour and you've slid off the edge or you've crashed into the ocean or your tail spinning out of control um i thought it was great and what i loved too i loved how um taylor and courtney came in and they just like crushed it like like it wasn't even a hard thing to do um, I thought that was funny. And then also the fact that the sole reason that uh, Martina and Phil and Adam and Courtney completed this challenge was they landed on the roof and ran into a section yes. of wall that stopped them from going over the edge. <laughs> so it's like you've successfully landed by crashing your helicopter into a wall. Well done. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really fun. Rossi, come on. There was great stuff in this challenge. Uh, I did love when... You know, Taylor and Courtney had to, they, they had to, you know, realize that they had to do this other challenge. They couldn't do the fit unless one of them left mm-hmm. or finished it. And they get there and, and, and Courtney's like, uh, I'm not sure about this. And they're like, Taylor's like, I play video games, so I can do it. And it's just <laughs> like, I'm sure, and they're like, I'm sure it's the same thing. It's like, you know, just a couple of boys on the weekend, just play some games. And it's just like, I love that they're selling video games is the way that Taylor and Courtney are going to finish this challenge. Um, but they clearly had no issues. Like, I don't know, like, where's the, as a Mountie, we usually, <laughs> like, have no trouble navigating or It's just, like, they had no trouble, and I was kind of surprised by that. Um, obviously, it's frustrating to watch your favorite team fail and fail and fail, but there are so many good moments to, like, what's wrong? The plane's upside down. <laughs> like, what's wrong? And it's like, how do you back up? I don't know how to back up. And then, like, we're gonna win. We're gonna win. And then it just slides off like a <laughs> like a hockey puck or something. It's just like, and I love the like red screen every time you die. Yeah. Like the red screen of death, and then I mean, we who how yeah how can you go an amazing race season without an upchuck on the side of the road or something mm-hmm. like. Is this our first and only so far? I think it's the first one this season. Because we talked about it so much in the, the last U.S. season. Like, I think it happened three or four times per episode. But here, I don't think it's come up once. <laughs> yeah, people yeah get maybe the it. blueberry pie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We never saw anyone up, Chuck. We just saw dry heaving. Do you know why? Because there's no smoother ride than the Chevy Equinox. Nobody's getting car sick in that. Oh. Uh, well, the car that they built, too. That yeah. That we transition. I got a baby crying. He's feeling car sick. Uh, not the, Put him in the Chevrolet, whatever. Uh, I have our first question of the week from Martina. Again, thank you for always listening, Martina. Um, but uh, 
we well, saw. Why does, she, why does she have to listen now? They're out. I mean, she was only listen, well. She listens while she's here. I'm sure she's not going to bother tuning in next week. It'll be too painful for her. Uh, or will this one be too painful? We'll find out in a few days. But um, we had uh, our questions of the week from Martina. Martina has been listening to our show and even responding to us, answering some of our questions. My first question for Martina: She did not get seasick at all. Like she looked like she could have literally rolled off a building in a helicopter and not even gotten dizzy or anything. Phil has like no stomach for this whatsoever. Uh, overall, Martina, do you have a stronger stomach than Phil? Um, have you ever gotten car sick or air sick or anything like that? Because you were just the warrior in this one. Um, and, and this was the kryptonite for Phil. We know don't put him in a moving vehicle. <laughs> That's all it takes, unless it's a Chevy Equinox. <laughs> Uh, smooth, rising, rising Canada. Um, the face-off here. I am going to completely agree with uh, what Jared said that it was too late in the episode to do this. For some of this final four, where this is your spot in the finale, I really think the face-off should have been second. I mean, you could have done the detour first, then done the face-off, and then you have to do the changing of the guard. Casper's so upset. I mean, he's just been hearing me cry. I'm just going to bring up a funny baby story here. Um, <laughs> this is completely off topic, but Casper has discovered what crying is. So he's watching TV and if there's like a cartoon character that's crying, he'll go, they're crying, they're crying. He has started getting to the point where he's upset if he's in his crib or even if, uh, Jamie and I leave the room and he thinks we're gone for good. He'll throw himself on the floor and start crying and I should go, <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> he just said it right there. I hope people are going to hear that. I'm crying. <laughs> This is what Martina and Phil's exit does to my baby. <laughs> um, I'm crying. <laughs> he won't stop doing it. How am I going to get through this episode? I'm crying. <laughs> I wish I could take the mic in there. It won't reach far enough. Anyways, if you're hearing somebody screaming in the background saying, I'm crying, now you have a story why. <laughs> um, the wheelchair basketball. Now, Jared, we're not only fans of the Olympics, but we co-host Off the Podium, which you can download via iTunes. Um, Olympics podcast. So we never got the chance to cover the uh, Paralympics because we're always just so exhausted by the time the Olympics are done. But how great was it to see wheelchair basketball on this? Before we even get into it, like, is this is this something you when the Paralympics are on? Do you make a point to watch wheelchair basketball? Because for me, it's like sledge hockey for the Winter Olympics. Like wheelchair basketball, that's the action sport. It's more exciting than watching regular basketball, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, wheelchair basketball and um, wheelchair rugby as well, where it's just all people crashing into each other. Um, yeah, I think this was... I Like, I agree, it was in the wrong spot in the episode. It almost needed to come, like, di- directly after the um, guard challenge. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, you need to have tough challenges afterwards. Um, and I hate the, like predetermined amount of time. Like, I wish they would just tell us how long it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that like that annoys me. Um, but overall, like it's a face off. Um, it was obviously more interesting than than the darts. Yeah. Um, I liked um, Taylor and Courtney. How Taylor just bossed the challenge, and Courtney's role was simply to like run into Dylan and like <laughs> block him. Uh, I loved Martina getting in other, like, Courtney's face and just, like, throwing her arms around trying to distract her and how, like, when they ran into each other, they apologized to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. It had good moments. Um, 
it's a shame that the third player couldn't um, shoot or block, um, <laughs> because then maybe this would have been a different story. But I think it had, yeah, it had plenty of drama. Um, you had kind of the one whitewash, but the other matches were fairly close. Um, and definitely better than darts. Sorry, I don't know if you guys can hear this just over and over. I'm crying. I'm crying. Which is actually really handy because the amount of people like you are like, are you crying yeah. are you, when somebody gets hurt? Are you crying? Are you laughing? Like, I mean, I think Casper like knows what's up. You've got to let people know yeah. that you're crying because otherwise they think that you're laughing and start laughing and don't know that that's not okay. I just want to put on record the last time that we had any episode on any of our shows where there was this much crying in the background was when Ben and I recorded Die Another Day commentary for Double Oz 7. <laughs> And Casper was, like, screaming so hard in the background that we actually put him on the episode because uh, we were convinced that Die Another Day did it to him. But it's only things of, like, incredible sadness, like the worst James Bond movie of all time or Martin and Phil leaving that could bring him to this. Uh, with the wheelchair basketball, I mean, there's a great documentary. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it or, Jared, if you've even heard of it, called Murder Ball, uh, which is one of the, the most entertaining documentaries I've ever seen that's all about wheelchair basketball and how dangerous of a sport it really is. Uh, we got to see a lot of good action in this, uh, you know, but it doesn't even begin to give you a glimpse of like how great this is as a sport. But I loved all the, you know, getting their faces and Martina getting like super competitive in this one. Like there was a point where somebody sort of took the ball from her. Hey, she got really upset for the first time this entire season. Uh, And also uh, Dylan and Kwame, I I think it was Kwame who had the line. um, uh, What was it? Uh, I'm going to find it here. Uh, the plan is simple. Win. <laughs> they were just like full coach mode in this episode. They're just fantastic. There's quote machines. Um, and Adam and Courtney going into this challenge saying, you know, at this point we've perfected battling for second last place. Or I think that was after they left this episode. Uh, it was so hard for me to watch that cutaway, though, where it was like the last, uh, the last basket of the game and Phil shoots, and they cut to a commercial right there. Like, I don't think I've ever gasped watching The Amazing Race before. Uh, Rossi, have you ever played wheelchair basketball? Um, <laughs> have you ever watched wheelchair basketball? Is this going to sell you on the sport? Uh, I have not played. I've watched a few uh, um, Paralympic events, so that's the extent. Um. And this challenge was meh. Eh. Eh. Uh, I told you face-offs I don't like. And we got another face-off. Or a head-to-head challenge. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of lame. I, yeah. I kind of prefer the darts. You know, Rossi's going through like the stages of grieving here. You know, we've seen him <laughs> go from being angry to... Uh, Un- uncomfortably happy to now being completely indifferent <laughs> at some point this is all going to hit him really hard and we're going to get I'm crying <laughs> I'm crying I'm crying, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah it's coming people the stages are rolling uh, I, I still love this challenge I wish that we could add more to it I also wish that it had been more teams uh, just because I mean it, it's you kind of know at this point it's going to be Adam and Courtney, Martina and Phil. 
Um, you knew it was late in the episode, kind of like Rossi was saying. So, I mean, I do understand some of the points Rossi's made. I still think there was enjoyment in this uh, season, though. Last challenge here. I'm going to say this is the one that would have stumped me. And I don't think anybody can really know for sure whether they'd be stumped. Like, this seemed like the impossible thing to pick up on. So the art gallery, they're uh, looking at these pictures first, and then they have to listen to this lady tell the story, not realizing she's going to tell them all these clues or whatever in a different language, and in this indigenous language. Um, like, I think that was another moment my jaw just dropped in the episode when she started speaking in the other language. I'm like, is she going to say anything in English? And pretty much every team, except for Martine and Phil, with all the teams, we got to see that reaction from them of being like, uh, what? <laughs> and I loved, loved, loved how they made them go in there and study the paintings first and then go out. Like, any time that they basically set a team up, you know, kind of like when they went to the, the two car plants and they knew that some of them were going to drive, you know, halfway across the province. I just think that's fantastic. Uh, Adam, the star here, though, as he's going in and he's like, you know, it's not as hard as it looks. And then... He comes out, and, and the moment where she starts out in the other language, when every other team is like, what? She goes through her whole thing, and he goes, the tallest circle, and it's good to unburden ourselves as well as listening. <laughs> like, so serious as if he actually thought, I got this still. <laughs> and he, then he goes inside, and he's, he's actually, like, looking super stressed. I have no clue what I'm doing right now. <laughs> That's got to be up there with like Adam's magic trick is my favorite Adam moment of the season. <laughs> just how, and I'm sure there might have, no, I'm not going to say I'm sure. I like to think that it played out exactly as we saw on TV, but maybe they edited this <laughs> and he actually did go, um, okay, I'm just going to wing it. But just the fact that she went through the whole thing and it was such confidence, <laughs> the tallest circle, <laughs> it's good to unburden ourselves. <laughs> so good. Um, Still, it, it became just increasingly heartbreaking watching this because you knew, I think by the time it even got down to these two teams, you knew Martina and Phil was gone. At least I kind of did. Um, I don't know. How did you feel, Jared? Did you have any hope as this one was progressing and uh, anything else you liked about this challenge? Uh, not really. Uh, I was just confused on the whole are they answering six questions each time? Once they get something right, is it kind of removed from the list? Yeah. I think with the editing, like, I was like, I'm not sure what's happening here because it would tell them how many, like, questions they've got right so far and then it would just skip straight to the next question that they're up to. Um, so that was, like, tough to watch. So I'm like, is this really difficult or is this, like, there's six paintings kind of, like, process of elimination just take it a question at a, at a time? Or are they having to answer all six together so it is actually difficult? Um, because if it's the kind of six questions but you can answer one at a time and then it's kind of removed from the list, uh, in that case I thought it was like easier than it needed to be. Um, I thought there wasn't really much overtaking in, like, in this challenge. Um, I mean, the order stayed exactly the same as teams arrived. Um, and I think you really... If you're going to have a face-off, then you need to have something, like, super difficult afterwards that, like, teams can struggle with and the order can change. Um, I think the fact that there were six, six questions and six paintings as well um, was a little bit lame. Like, I would have liked to see there's six questions, but there's 12 paintings, so you can't just, like, 
order of elimination go through them because by the time it got to the, like the second last question it's like well if i get that right then i automatically know what the answer to the last question is yeah. it's whatever painting's left um so i think like there could have been a bit of tweaking if it was all answering all six questions together then fair enough like that would have been difficult but if it was a matter of <coughs> kind of taking your time going through question by question then i think it was pretty lame um, for that to occur after a face-off when you have a team behind by an amount of time. Rossi, um, at what point did you realize that it was done for Martina and Phil here? I only realized that they were really going to be last, like, they eliminated when Adam got it before she did. Because I, I was convinced. Like, I was like, Adam's, out of all the teams left, out of all the people left, Adam's probably the biggest dummy. So... <laughs> He's gonna struggle the most, and he obviously did. Because regardless of whether or not he knew or didn't know, or was clueless, or was really into it, he like said the sins that unburden us. Yeah. Or he said that whole monologue anyway, like thinking that it could be right. Like so, like he obviously stood and understand the challenge at the beginning of the, you know, when he first got to it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she has a chance. Like they were, he was, he still didn't figure out when she got there. So. I still thought it was anyone's game between the two of them. I do think there was some like good stuff in the challenge. I love I love when Adam just like here's the entire description of the painting, and she's like, "No, go go back." <laughs> Instead of saying like, "No, that's incorrect," she just like try again. She's like, "You can get it. You just try again." Like, just the, like the way that she said it was just too funny and. I love the twist of it, like, being in this language that, like, no one understands. Clearly, no one's an expert. No one knows anything of it. And it's just that little twist that was a nice element to to kind of give it in there to give there a little other layer. Except it was just, like, weird that it was just, here's the question, here's the painting. I felt like it was a little, it was hard, but it was a little too easy in some ways. Like, it was just the name of the painting. Mm-hmm. So all I had to do was memorize, like, six words, and that was it. Well, I mean, you had to... It all depends on the strategy you took because uh, I think um, when Taylor went through it, you know, he he picked up on right away the words, the one word that the, the lady was saying in her story was different. Then he's like, okay, now I got to go find these words. Now I got to memorize the name of that versus the name of the painting. And just the fact that you had this entire description in English and then in the other language, I, I would have thought this would be like incredibly challenging and maybe the team spent so much time there that you know uh, they just there was no way in one episode they were going to fit it all in because uh, this seemed to me like it was the impossible challenge to do. Uh, I um, I'm going to cover in a second about uh, our final thoughts on Martina and Phil here, but I just want to add one last great like <laughs> hilarious moment from Phil here uh, during the darkest moment of their amazing race uh, journey here. When they're going into the challenge, and even beforehand, I mean, Courtney sets it up and say, you know, I'm terrified when Martina and Phil get here because they're amazing at challenges like this. And I think we were all thinking that. Uh, and then when Phil sold it too, I said, my sister is really good with words. She talks a lot. <laughs> uh, just perfect description there for Martina. Um, but she didn't use the accent to remember. That's why they went home. She started making a rap out of it at one point, if you if you got that. <laughs> like, where was the accent? Yeah, you should have done a rap in an accent. That's, that's, you know, if you really want to blame someone, don't blame New Brunswick. Blame the lack of accents. 
we know what the real issue was here. Um, we'll cover all the teams here because we're going to get some final stuff here on Martin and Phil, which is going to take up a long time in this episode. Uh, we are going into the finale next week, and we've got some exciting news for that as well. So uh, we'll save that for the end of the episode. Uh, but first off, I just want to give my final thoughts on Nancy and Melissa, um, Olympic bronze medalist Melissa Hollingsworth. Please come on either this show or off the podium if you are listening. I know we got at least one uh, <laughs> mention or uh, shout out from her this past season. And totally going to agree with you guys about Nancy. We joke about Nancy slash Karen because I can't remember what which one her name was. But like she really came out as the star of the team. So I just want to say that since I wasn't able to be on the last episode. And can can you imagine like going into an all-star season i'm not saying that like nancy and melissa were the team that was going to be like an obvious choice for an all-star season but how amazing race us does the second chance this season i think just the fact of how close it was like nancy and melissa would be a sure bet for a team that deserves a second chance that's just my opinion though uh not nowhere near martina and phil who already i've been reading some interviews where people are talking about all-star seasons for them uh but let's talk about number one to number four here so taylor and courtney are we all kind of in agreement that they're very clear front runners to win this? I mean, I personally don't really see the other two top three teams really standing a chance. I mean, if we look at uh, 10 legs of this race and half of them, Taylor and Courtney have been number one and they really only had two mid positions. Otherwise they've always been in the top three. Uh, Jared, you've been the one championing them from the very beginning uh, just because they were the sibling team, uh, Taylor and Courtney, does anybody else have a stand a chance of beating them? Um, I think on paper, kind of, no. Um, like, I'm just trying to, like, rack my brain for, like, what they struggled with as a team. Yeah. And, like, nothing comes to mind except for the, like, claw throw the ball, and that's not coming back. Um, so I'm like... Yeah, I think on paper they're kind of the team that has the best mix of physical, mental, navigation. Um, yeah, unless they get something super, super, super physical. Um, yeah, I just can't see anything that they would really struggle at. I mean, I've been trying to think all day about do I see a scenario where this doesn't end with them winning? And I think partly that's because the last two seasons of Amazing Race Canada, the, the, the winning team has been such an obvious, not going to say obvious choice, not like anybody's <laughs> picking the teams here, otherwise they would have picked Martina and Phil. Uh, but, like, the obvious winner, just based on performance and the edit and everything, that's what the last two seasons were about. But, I mean, you could have said the same thing with Gino and Jesse, but, I mean, you look at the first two seasons of Amazing Race Canada, I don't think anybody thought that, uh, um, what were their names again? They're from Winnipeg, I should know this. Father's don't spoil it for Derek. Yeah, you're going to ruin oh, it. Okay. I've forgotten who they are. <laughs> The team that won season one didn't see that coming. The team that won season two, they were strong performers, but there was a much stronger performing team with Natalie and Megan on that season who were the Taylor and Courtney who just won. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Uh, and they won. Oh, sorry. They didn't. No, but they may have. You don't know, Jared. <laughs> so bad. Great season, by the way, too. I, I think season two is uh, up there as one of my favorite Amazing Race seasons for Canadian version. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess my hope is that those first two seasons, you know, maybe we could have, cause I'm not against Taylor and Courtney, but I would love to see one of the other teams win. Uh, Rossi, uh, anything about Taylor and Courtney that, um, you, you think could be their stumbling block? What are they struggling with? Um, 
you know, I think it's funny. They pointed out this, I think it was this episode that their worst legs have been not in Canada. Yeah. They just seem to do way better in Canada than they do out of Canada, which I don't know what it is. It's just, it's really funny to think like, as long as it's in Canada, I don't see why they can't win. Like biggest front runners of the season, probably the only front runner of the season, maybe with Leanne and Mar is like a close runner up, mm-hmm. but they have been the clear winners. And I mean, I'm, I would be 100% okay with them winning because I've been their biggest fan the longest out of the three of us. So I'm rooting for them. I mean, I'm rooting for all of them except, well, actually I'm rooting for two of them. So I'm rooting for them. <laughs> uh, another team I know that Rossi's rooting for because I've been rooting for them and, uh, Rossi, you've come along, you even said in this episode, they're the ones you're probably rooting for the most. Dylan and Kwame, uh, I think that they've been, like, average performers. They've had, I think the last few episodes especially, they've really come out strong. Um, They're just, like, so much life with this team. Like, if I were to pick two sets of teams from this entire season that are clear all-star teams just based on personality, it's Martina and Phil and Dylan and Kwame. Like, there isn't one moment these guys are on TV that they're not hilarious and some of the most hilarious things about them i think maybe this is the reason i don't look at them as being as strong for a winner team as taylor and courtney it's because they have this way of kind of screwing up and doing stupid things sometimes but just making it comical and just you know it just rolls off their back like doesn't bother them uh and i think those things stick out so much just for them as characters that it's leading me to believe well they're not as strong as they they you know you think they are but they've been just as consistent, at least in the last few legs, as uh, Taylor and Courtney have. So, uh, Jared, what are your feelings on Dylan and Kwame? I think they're great entertainment. They're great fun. Um, I think they've kind of defied expectations at certain points with kind of the memory and the more intellectual challenges. Um, but, yeah, I think for them, kind of... The downside, which I think is also similar for Adam and Courtney, has been kind of like navigation throughout the race. I think, yeah, Taylor and Courtney have that hands down over all the other teams here. Um, and, yeah, I'm just concerned that back in Canada, if they're driving in their Chevy Equinoxes again, um, then they could be in trouble. Also, I mean, I know that the final episode is going to be... Oh, sorry. Oh, um, <laughs> professional podcast here. Uh, I know that the last episode is going to be in Banff. I don't remember which teams may or may not be from Alberta. I mean, Banff is like the number one tourist destination. Um, so I'm sure that all the teams have probably been there. I mean, the majority of people in Canada have been at Banff at some point. But which of these teams, I, I don't even have it in front of me. I don't know if I'll even find it, but which of these teams is from Alberta? That's the other thing that gives you a little bit of the advantage. Um, Rossi, uh, what do you want to add on Dylan and Kwame? Uh, how much do you love this team now? How many, what, 10 weeks into this show? It's been a, a slow burn for them. I mean, the, in terms of both, like the race, their performance, and be liking them, it took a while for me to get behind them. But they're just such a fun team. They always say crazy stuff. They always have ridiculous you know, celebrations when they win. They almost knock down tourists and <laughs> locals when they celebrate and chant and cheer and everything. They're just so much fun. And I think that's why you just love them so much is that they're just so fun. You see them having fun. You see them and you feel it. You just It's just a great to watch them. And 
it would be crazy for them to win. They would be the upset team out of the three teams for me to win. Like, because they had their win late in the season. They really didn't, they've had their stride so late. I don't know if it's possible, but if they can, they can knock it out. I just think that they may struggle on that last challenge where you have to memorize things, like, because they haven't been the best with some of the small details of challenges, like memorizing all the instructions in the fit challenge this week or all the lines in the telenovela. So they've struggled in some of this memory stuff where other teams have kind of done better. Here's I worry for John if they win. Like the oh, celebration. Yeah. Like John is he's like he's definitely getting picked up. Um like he could be getting thrown to the ground. Like who knows what's gonna happen. He's getting tackled, speared, suplexed, pile driven. I mean it's gonna be everything in the book. Uh this is the one that I didn't even realize. I mean, I think it's very clear as you watch this, Courtney and Adam, they have not been the strongest team, uh, but they've managed to stick around. When Courtney said that line about, you know, we're used to fighting for second last place, I just did a count right here. So 10 legs of this race, six out of the 10 legs, they have been in second last place. That's crazy. I mean, they had one or two good legs here, but six out of 10, like, more times than Taylor and Courtney have won, uh, Courtney and Adam have been the last place team to advance, meaning of all the teams to go to the next level, to the next leg, they are starting in last place. More times than Taylor and Courtney have won. So if there's ever been an underdog team in a, an amazing race season, I think it's Courtney and Adam. Uh, but I just think they're so hilarious. But I don't know. I feel like if they win... And I love Courtney and Adam now. I mean, I didn't so much in the beginning of the season, you know, um, but they've grown on me so much. This would be like Flo and Zach, U.S. Amazing Race Season 3, to a lesser degree. With that, you know, people genuinely just disliked Flo, at least as a character. But that kind of has the reputation of, you know, they were the least deserving team by far. I don't really think anybody's ever least deserving. If you get there and you win, you win. It's not like, you know you're rewarding who had the best performance in 11 legs. But, like, if Courtney and Adam win over teams like Taylor and Courtney and Dylan and Kwame, I think there's probably going to be a lot of people upset. I I wouldn't be just because I always kind of... I love to root for that last-place team, the one that has the, the least likely chance going in. But out of the three of us, do they even stand a chance, uh, Jared? I mean, anything can happen. I feel like I called, like maybe like halfway through that they're going to be the team that does just continue to straight to scrape by they're kind of like the beekman boys of like amazing race um granted they haven't actually been saved by a non-elimination leg um but yeah i think i just can't see them winning Mm -hmm. um so yeah i agree like it's just going to take a lot of kind of random circumstances i feel like they get really stressed under pressure too uh, which maybe the other two teams don't so much. Um, so, yeah, I would be shocked if, if they ended up winning. But, yeah, anything can happen. Rossi? Um, yeah, I'm not quite as much rooting for this team as the others. Um, this would be a season one style win if they were to win. Like, they're completely the most least deserving not because I don't think like if they win, they win. I will not be upset that they win. Like I think that the other team should have won over them, but like just like they seem to have had the hardest time. They they really haven't owned any leg or any challenge. Was like 
never was a oh man Courtney and Adam really killed that challenge like we've never said that we've said that about every other team I think mostly and Evan Monica pretty much sucked so like we're not gonna say that for every team but like they've never really gone far like it's just hard I like them I really like them both it's just that they're not like I don't know I, I just I'd rather I'd rather have the other two. You're the audience that I'm thinking about. If they win, it's like you know I, I like them, but come on, if they're the winning team, <laughs> uh, I, I would think it would be hilarious. But still, yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, we'll talk about Martina and Phil here uh, first. I just want to give another shout out to um, our uh, co-founder, co-host of this podcast, Ben Waterworth, who has never had never watched the amazing race canada (laughs) but he just happened to be in vancouver uh for the last couple of weeks and uh he was able to meet martina which is amazing and all of us are very jealous uh he sucks boo (laughs) and (laughs) thanks to that jared (laughs) do you want to talk about how (laughs) you found out about uh the departure of martina and phil this week Oh, drama, drama. So I go to all the precautions. I've, like, muted Martina and Phil on, like, Instagram and Twitter um, because of last week when I saw them kind of crying with Leanne and Mara in one of the photos that Martina posted, and I thought they'd gone home and I'd been spoiled on the episode, which, surprise, didn't happen. But then this week I'm like, okay, they're all muted. The only kind of uh, as long as Beamer, the dog, doesn't spoil this, it's okay. Um <laughs> I'm not following anything else like Amazing Race Canada. And then, of course, the one person who doesn't watch from the start of the season, <laughs> comes through halfway through, steals the visit with the favourites who he was not like. We uh, liked Martina Reveal first. Um, posts on Twitter that, like, they've gone home or whatever it was. Uh, so this whole episode, like, I'm just like, well, they're going. Um, so I don't know. I'm just, like, so annoyed um, like, congrats for meeting them, but, yeah, like, really I'm it, so man. jealous and envious, and, like, you ruined this episode for me, um, <laughs> you crushed me before this even started, um, so, who knows, you might expect a mute on Twitter in the future. <laughs> or a block? <laughs> um, seriously, though, it is cool Ben was able to meet Martina, and I'm sure... Uh, that at some point Martina is going to make her way across the country, or just follow Ben here. Ben's going to be coming. I mean, th- this time next week he's going to be on his way to Winnipeg to spend a weekend here at my place. Uh, Martina, feel free to tag along. Phil, feel free to tag along. Bring the wife. Bring the kids. Bring everybody. Bring Julio. Uh, it'll be a- an open door for anybody in the family. Be- Beamer, whoever wants to come, uh, <laughs> and then we can all take out our rage on Ben. <laughs> Rossi and Jared will be here. <laughs> public flogging of Ben Waterworth for ruining a season. Um, but uh, We're going to have a face-off at your house, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to win at darts and wheelchair basketball and um, paddle canoe uh, <laughs> soccer or whatever it was. And barrel um, racing. <laughs> and I'm going to make everybody jealous when Dylan and Kwame take their trip to Sydney that they won for winning that leg, and I'm going to meet them. <laughs> That's right. You got a team coming to you. I mean, close to you. How far? How far of a drive would that be for you? Like 40 minutes, maybe. Look at this. This is disgusting. I'm the Canadian on this podcast, and I'm the only one who has no chance of meeting these teams, apparently. Why is there no Winnipeg team? Why aren't Leanne and Mar here in Winnipeg? Where are Dylan and Kwame? Somebody come to Winnipeg, please. 
now, having said that, we, we should also mention uh, just along the lines of Ben meeting them. Ben had kind of messaged me, you know, about 45 minutes before. It's like, hey, I'm going to be meeting Martina and Phil, or I think it just ended up being Martina. Uh, but he's like, anything you want me to say to them? It's like, yeah, tell them I look forward to interviewing them next week when they win the Amazing Race. Now, this was after the episode aired, but before I had seen it. And it was a couple hours later where I saw this episode and I just messaged Ben. I'm like, I'm devastated now. I don't even know what to say. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I please don't pass along that message. I look like an idiot for one. <laughs> and uh, he basically said, Yeah, I figured when you said that you hadn't seen the episode yet, but I didn't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> Which is great. He was so considerate for me, but not Jared. Not for Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Forget everyone else. It's only Colin that matters. He did admit to me he's thinking. I think I jinxed them, so I blamed him. We all blame Ben. (laughs) Uh, We might actually have Ben on next week to talk about this, since he has over the last two weeks watched the entire season of Amazing Race. Ruined it. Get it. Uh, It's your fault. Good for you though. Good for you though, Colin, because Rossi and I last week were talking about how, like, if Martina and Finn, uh, Martina and Finn, (laughs) Martina and Phil. Uh, win like the episode, like the whole season. Like we should do something crazy mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate it and make like a bet beforehand. And like the only thing that I could think of that was crazy enough was like putting your child up for adoption. <laughs> um, so like you've like there's there's the positive of them going like, home. Yeah, Casper, yeah. I'm crying gets to stay with you. Uh, I'm sure Martina would have adopted them, uh, <laughs> but. Uh... Uh, along those lines, as I said, my initial response is tell them I look forward to interviewing them next week when they win. Uh, we are happy to announce that as long as nothing goes wrong, um, we're going to have an interview with the winner of the Amazing Race Canada uh, this time next week. I mean, well, probably the, the day after the finale. So uh, thanks to CTV for lining that up. And we're going to get to talk to either Taylor and Courtney, Adam and Courtney, or Dylan and Courtney. Uh, A.K.A. Dylan and Kwame. <laughs> a Courtney or a Kwame will be on this podcast, one way or the other. Uh, but we look forward to that. And uh, just going through some of the, the media for Martina and Phil this, this past week, uh, usually when the teams exit, I watch one or two of the TV interviews that happen to come up on TV. With Martina and Phil, I've been like watching everything. And again, credit to Phil this week, who actually posted pretty much every bit of media they did. Uh, so I was able to read all these different, you know, articles online and all these TV interviews they did and everything. Uh, one common theme that came up quite often with Martina and Phil uh, was the push for Martina to get her own TV show. Now, did we not say this back in episode one of this podcast? Martina needs her own show. Phil mentioned it in one uh, article I read. Uh, in another, or I think an interview, Phil mentioned it. In an article I read... Uh, Martina mentioned that she needs her own show and even suggested, she's like, I'm single. I could be the next Bachelorette Canada. <laughs> so if Martina ends up as the Bachelorette on Bachelorette uh, Canada, please. yes, we are covering. That's the only thing that's going to bring us to cover a Bachelor show. And we can get my wife oh. on too. Jamie will totally come on that because she watches The Bachelor. I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want that so bad. Like, even if it's not the Bachelorette franchise, give Martina a Bachelorette show. Let's make it happen, people. Or any show. A sewing show, a cooking show. Yeah, Martha Stewart, look out. Yeah, wheelchair basketball. Like anything. I feel like we're going to get too invested. We'll be like, if she was on like a Bachelorette show, we're going to be like, you're not good enough for her. Get out of here. (laughs) 
we don't even know this guy and we're like get out of here now let's pitch the show to martina now we've already sold martina on our children's book about the housing market in winnipeg but let's pitch her on this a bachelorette show where there are three judges that get or four judges we got to involve her brother five because beamer is going to be in there too so five judges who get to be the jury to pick martina's future husband we're talking about <laughs> phil beamer colin hilding anthony rossi jared lubick can we make that happen This is where you guys agree to it. Sure. I think, yeah, a show where the person doesn't get to pick um, who they eventually end up with is a great idea. Yeah. Arrange marriages, courtesy of the Oz Network. Rossi's all for it. Um, I'll, I'll host instead. Okay, Rossi hosts. Great. We need another person on the jury. That means Ben's in on the jury, Rossi. You really want to do that to Martina? Um, I think she's a big girl. <laughs> and he'll find out who wins beforehand somehow, even though it's live, yeah. and spoil it for me. <laughs> I talked to Colin and Phil, and they're voting for this person to win. Beamer <laughs> told me that this person wins the show. Let's not involve Ben in this one. <laughs> um, just my last question for Martina of the week, at least my last one here, because uh, I've seen so much of the media you've done. Uh, Martina and Phil, what has been your favorite uh, interview you've done in the last week? What's your favorite bit of media that you've been involved in? Because I don't think it's been a long time since I've seen a team embrace the the spotlight as much as they have. I mean, I'm not just talking about, you know, hey, we're on a reality show, but really getting involved. Like any time a fan leaves a message, even if it's not on, on like directly towards them. If you look at like the Amazing Race Canada uh, on Facebook, their Facebook page, they will put posts up and people will say, I love Martina and Phil. And they're replying to that. They're just like, thanks so much. You know, like I've never seen a team that involved or even with all the media they've done, just getting out excited and, you know, hey, take a look at our interviews. And it's not like they just want the spotlight. They're just such a genuine team. Um, I've said so much on Martina and Phil. A- any last things we want to say? Let's end on a happy note. Anything we want to add on Martina and Phil here? Uh, Jared, what are your final words on Martina and Phil? These final words until next week when we work them into the entire finale, even though they're not in it. I mean, I think they're just kind of the best, um, well, like the best Amazing Race Canada team. Um, potentially just the best Amazing Race team, like of all time, all versions, international. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, they're just fun. Every episode was a highlight with them in it. Um, I think, like, I'm just really happy that they're like a lock for like all stars. Like, there's nobody who can kind of push them out of selection there. Um, so like, as long as they're willing to do it, they'll definitely be back like on our TV screens for all stars. So I mean, that kind of is getting me through. Um, I mean, the, the five year wait for all stars, but it'll be worth it because I know one team is definitely going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I mean, I think even including what 30 seasons of the U.S. Amazing Race. I put them up there with like Chip and Kim from season five, you know, Brooke and Claire from 18, I think it was. Um, oh man. Charlotte and Myrna. Charlotte and Myrna. <laughs> um, Simeon Opie. Simeon Opie. There's one of our favorites. Uh, all the season 25 teams that we love so much. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're one of the top Amazing Race teams period we've ever seen. Uh, Rossi, let's bring the cycle around. Let's break the cycle of mourning here. Uh, give us a party note on Martina and Phil. Um, I'm usually not one to go for these happy teams. Like the, happy <laughs> like the go miserable lucky. ones. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the people who are like grumpy and bitchy and rude and like don't care about other people and like are just 
miserable. So it's weird that I'm su- such so supportive of this team that is essentially like the never frowning, the never upset team. Like they're always positive. Mm-hmm. They're like the um, they're like Chris Pratt's character in Parks and Rec. They're yeah. just <laughs> yes, like, so happy, so sunshiny, and I like I love the the April Ludgate characters, like those mm-hmm. kinds of people. So it's so weird that I'm supporting of them. But they were just so fun to watch. Like, they were entertaining. They were funny. They had so many great lines, both of them. Ole, ole, ole. <laughs> where are they, Romeo? Like, it's just so many good things. Let's And I'm going to miss them so much. Let's also not forget uh, Martina's great line of, Hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they've been such a great team. And again, you know, thank you for getting involved in supporting our show as well, Martina and Phil. Um, and I, no, no matter what, like <laughs> I, I wanted them to win so that they could be the team we interview next week after the finale. But one way or the other, you're welcome on our show anytime, Martina and Phil. You'll be here uh, as our welcome guest when we do season seven and we do our cast assessment, unless you're on it, because it's going to be an all-star season. Um, feel free to join us for our uh, anniversary month coverage of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla coming soon to the Oddness Network, 2001 A Space Odyssey's 50th anniversary, or season four of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, all coming to the Oz Network soon. Um, but let's quickly talk about the finale. I mean, are we all in agreement Taylor and Courtney are going to win this? I guess we said they're the front runners, but who's going to win it? Three your predictions? Uh, I think, like, the order is just going to be the same as this past episode. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, Taylor and Courtney, then Dylan and Kwame, then Courtney and Adam. Rossi, you agree? Well, yeah, I was going to say that, but I'm expecting <laughs> you, Colin, to change it up somehow, because last season you were like, well, I don't like that the obvious team is going to win, so I'm going to root for the least obvious team, and they're going to be the winners. You know, I could I still like, claim fame, though, for in that final episode, the polls that were displayed on the screen live... Oh, make Canada feel stupid. Making Canada look stupid by when the last place team was clearly in last place, when the final question was asked on screen, who is winning the Amazing Race Canada, I clicked as many times to make the clear last place team look like... Yeah, but you made predictions. We made predictions, and you said that they were still going to (laughs) win over the obvious winner team. So, I'm waiting for your... But would we not have? And again, this is no knock, knock against Sam and Paul, but like, you know, it is. I know. Well, I mean, again, I don't mind Sam and Paul. It's just it was it was so obvious the whole time. Like I said, but don't you want to live in a world? Okay, Kenneth and Ryan, that would have been great. But don't you want to live in a world where Corey and Ivana are Amazing Race Canada champions? How incredible would that have been? They can win all stars. They can, yeah. Um, Kenneth and Ryan, there's the other obvious choice for an all-star team. But anyways, we're spoiling everything for Jared here, who didn't watch this well, season. Um, this season already spoiled it because they were creators. This yeah, season. I'm used to it. I forgot to pull up our predictions again. Uh, Rossi, you seem to be on the ball with these. Uh, now, let's just say it. We know Jared's not winning this thing. The battle at this point, as you guys said last week, is that Jared hopefully gets no points so he can finish a season without a single point. Rossi... Who gets the point this week? And please tell me it's not Jared. Well, we were all very kind on Phil and Martina <laughs> in the season, in the preseason um, predictions. 
I'm going to start with myself. I said that they would be first eliminated. <laughs> so I am nowhere near it. Um, Jared, you said they would be eighth place, so you'd be third eliminated. Four. And Colin, you said they'd be fourth eliminated, so you said they'd be in seventh. So by <gasps> default, you get the point. Yes. <laughs> um, so as it stands, you and I both have four points, and Jared has a goose egg. <laughs> Who is who is Jared? Who's in Jared's top three again? So our top three, I'll go through all of them. My top three is um, in first place. I have Courtney and Adam. In second place, I have Taylor and Courtney. And in third place, I have Dylan and Kwame. So I have all three teams. In the final three. Wow. Colin, you have Taylor and Courtney winning. You have Joseph and Akash second. <laughs> and Nancy, aka Karen and Melissa, in third. And Jared has. Courtney and Adam winning, Taylor and Courtney second, and Chewy and Happy third. <laughs> hey, I'm feeling like mine are embarrassing, but I've got Taylor and Courtney, and I'm the only one that's got Taylor and Courtney in first. Um, <laughs> a Courtney will win. That was our prediction from episode one. Anyways, that's going to be great to watch next week. Uh, if you are loving our coverage of the Amazing Race Canada, uh, just as a bit of a heads up, you're most likely to hear the interview we have with the winner before you hear this because, uh, as we've made it clear on here, you know, Rossi and Jared, they do not live in Canada. Therefore, it takes them a little bit longer to be able to watch the episode. Plus, we might have Ben on next week. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, I'm going to be busy that week. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Jared's out. Rossi's out. <laughs> it's going to be Ben. You and Ben alone. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have the episode probably about the regular time we do, but we will have, uh, as long as everything goes okay, the winner's interview uh, day after the finale. That'll be next Wednesday, the 12th. Um, other stuff that's going to be coming up. On, oh, we need to rate this episode. We're going to buy it. We're going to rent it. We're going to bin it. I'll start us off. I don't think this is the best episode of the season. It's probably somewhat soured based on you know Martin and Phil being the ones to go. But I'm going to rent this because I still thought there was a lot of hilarious moments throughout the episode. And I do love that it was a challenging episode. Um. Yeah, as much as I'm inclined to bin it based on the result being spoiled and all that, um, I'm going to rant it solely for the greatest character in this episode who we haven't talked about, who was uh, Adam and Courtney's cab driver, Mike. Yes. Um, who, when Taylor and Courtney approached him to ask for a lift, he said to them, no, I'm with Courtney. I'm waiting for Courtney. <laughs> And I was just waiting for her to say, I am Courtney. Yeah. What are you talking about? Let's go. Um, changed so, yeah. drastically. Mike, Mike was an underrated character, and I hope that he shows up in the final challenge, which will be to, um, pre- like, who are the cab drivers from throughout this season. <laughs> Let's also add that even though he denied them the ride, they're like, well, would you call another driver for us? Sure. <laughs> um, Rossi, you're going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? Have we sold you enough on this? Um... I'm going to do something unexpected, and I am going to bin it. Oh, is that our first bin of the season? No, you're like, um, province got binned, right? Oh, my province. It was it was not a knock on the episode. It was just Manitoba in general. Yeah, it was too windy. Uh-huh. The wind was unsettling for some of the hosts here. Okay, well... That's going to be the last bin because I'm just going to say the finale looks fantastic. Um, all the shouting and screaming and canoeing. <laughs> all that great oh. stuff. I'm chewing now. Sorry. 
I'm crying. I'm, I'm crying. crying. <laughs> uh, what other episodes do we have coming up? Um, we did want to start. We should mention our anniversary month that we we're going to be covering for our movie month. Uh, was going to start this week, but again, Ben's traveling. He's too busy hanging out with tweeting. Martina. Yeah, yeah tweeting Martina. spoilers. Ruining shows for other people uh, yeah. to actually record anything this week. So we will be starting. Uh, that's going to be a lot of anniversary movies. 50th anniversary of 2001 A Space Odyssey. 40th anniversary of Grease. 25th anniversary of The Last Action Hero. And 20th anniversary of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Uh, but before that, uh, we do have uh, a new movie review. Jamie and I saw a uh, new movie, Peppermint, which is basically... The first female Jerry action film, which I'm so excited about because it stars uh, my real true love, Jennifer Garner. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> uh, as basically starring as Liam Neeson in <laughs> a female driven Jerry action film. Jamie and I saw it last night and we're going to have a great episode talking about it because she enjoyed it so much more than The Meg, which was terrible. Uh, and also... Uh, as we bid farewell to Martina and Phil, we also bid farewell to Burt Reynolds this past week. And uh, so many people were talking about Burt Reynolds. Death, even though there's not a lot of people who were like, oh, I, I love Burt Reynolds. I mean, there's more younger people than anything who seem to be talking about it. Uh, we're going to have a very special episode coming up this Monday uh, or Tuesday uh, with myself and Survivor Cook Island's Billy Garcia returning for the first time, or I guess the second time, second non-Survivor episode we've had him on. To do a recap of Smokey and the Bandit, starring Burt Reynolds, Rossi and Jared, you're welcome to come on if you're Burt Reynolds fans, uh, or if you just want to join in the episode, but that'll be coming at the end of this weekend. But then again, next week, Amazing Race Canada, interview with the winner, hopefully, fingers crossed, and then our regular coverage, with or without Ben, um, and that will be coming all next week. Uh, Let's wrap this up one last time. We love you, Martina and Phil. My name is Colin, and I'm crying. I'm crying. My name is Jared, and this episode was not so potato funny. Um, and my name is Rossi, and I am Martina. I am Martina. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.